It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Up On Game presents Taylor Scouting. Coach Randy Taylor is bringing his 40-plus years of knowledge to you. This is Taylor Scouting. And now, here's Coach Randy Taylor. Hey, uh, I'm on today with the uh, uh, the podcast. Jason Negro is joining me. He's the head football coach at St. John Bosco High School in Bellflower, California, suburb of Los Angeles. Bosco is a member of the Trinity League, which in my mind is the elite high school football conference in the country. Coach took over the reins mater in 2010 since then he has built a national powerhouse no doubt the braves are coming off a big win at st thomas aquinas who were riding a 27 game win streak at the time and rated in the top 10 nationally among high schools with a 2-0 record they face another nationally recognized program friendship collegiate academy out of washington dc these guys don't shy away from anything Since Coach Negro returned to Bosco in 2010, their overall record is 144-24 and and traditionally are rated in the top 10 nationally. I've been able to spend a good deal of time on the Bellflower campus and watching the Braves practice and in games across Southern California. And what stands out the most to me is the consistency of the program in all facets of the game. There's the confidence performance, discipline, academics, and character displayed by the players, coaches, and administrators. I kind of always know what to expect 
to what to expect when I go over see St. John Bosco. You know, there's like a fluidness to their program. It's like that duck on the pond, right? Above the water, everything's calm. Below the water, those feet are going a mile a minute. They're going like crazy. And the guy that's stirring the drink for the Braves is Jason Negro. And I want to welcome Coach to LeVar Arrington's Up On Game Network and the Taylor Scouting Podcast. Coach Negro, thanks for joining us on the show, brother. Appreciate you having me, Randy. It's always a pleasure to have an opportunity to talk with you, talk a little bit of football, a little bit of recruiting. Uh, we go way back, and I just appreciate you giving me a platform to talk about the things that we're doing here at Bosco. My pleasure, Coach. I know you're a big culture guy. Um, let's start with a two-part question. How do you create the terrific culture you have here at Bosco, and do you have a tangible plan to accomplish well, I think the first and foremost in terms of trying to build the culture is about, it's all about human capital. It's a term that I like to use. Um, and basically what it means is trying to go out there and surround yourself with the most talented people, the ones that are going to share your vision, share your philosophy, and go out there and try to impact um, as many young people as we possibly can when we have the opportunity to do so. And one of the fortunate things for me, being a product of St. John Bosco High School as a, as a student and graduating from here and being educated by the Salesians of Don Bosco in this, in this Catholic school manner, all boy education, has basically set the framework for the culture of our program. And I've just basically been an extension of that. I've taken the leadership um, values that the Salesians have passed down to me and Im implemented that educational system into my program. And I surround myself with talented people, not just my coaching staff, but the training staff, the administration, the teacher, the faculty, everybody associated with the program. And then, you know, you bring the families in that kind of fit that mold. And it just basically organically is able to, to work. And going back about us being consistent, I think the culture is the number one thing that has allowed us to be consistent from year after year because they just understand what the expectations are and they just kind of roll along with it. Is there a, a buy-in outside of the football program with everybody else that's involved on a fringe with you guys? Without question. I mean, I kind of set the standard. I set the expectations. Um, I'm constantly throughout the course of the year. I'm not a real big meeting guy where we have meet weekly meetings or I'm going to kind of draw up, you know, upon their time and, and, monopolize that but I do set different parameters as we go through the course of the season whether it starts in January ends in December where we're going to come together as a staff as a collective unit talk about the culture talk about the expectations of the program and what we're trying to accomplish and I think that if everybody hears a consistent message that's happening over and over and over again they're going to have to buy in uh, to what my philosophy is. And if not, they're just simply not going to fit in to what I'm trying to do here. Um, they're not going to fit into my staff, um, you know, and they're going to have to make their way, you know, onto somewhere else that might align with their philosophy and their belief system. But that's one of the reasons why we've been so successful is because I have a lack of turnover. My guys have been a part of this program for a long time, very little turnover in my coaching staff. And I think that's kind of a byproduct of the buy-in culture that what you're talking about. Can you put your philosophy into words? 
I think so. I think the greatest um, thing that we are responsible for as educators or coaches is to try to provide unique experiences for young people and to help them develop during this four-year phase of their lives to where they can be successful in the next phase, which is the collegiate um, you know, time, whether they just go to become a student or whether they go to college to become a student athlete or some kids you know, might even matriculate into the military or even to the workforce. So it's our responsibility and the philosophy of mine is to provide unique experiences by our young people, help them develop um, into the person that they want to become in a, in a four-year window. So it's pretty simple philosophy. However, I think that if you stick to that and you run everything um, that you can in your program through that philosophy, it's going to allow you to accomplish those goals. When you're, when you're planning your practice schedule and your daily practice plans, are you consciously using your philosophy and instilling that culture into your kids? I mean, you, you, do you think about it as you're doing this practice plan? Without question. I mean, I think everything that we do, every decision that I make is strategic. Um, we're not just kind of a fly by the seat of your pants type program. Um, there's meticulous um, meetings that happen with me and my coordinators or my staff here with my director of football operations in terms of, you know, how can we take this particular practice or how can we take this particular event and kind of infuse our philosophy or infuse some of the elements that are necessary in order to build the culture that we're looking for? You know, how are you going to be able to utilize the time that you're with your kids to, you know, use that as a teachable moment or an opportunity for you to be able to, um, you know, implement some of these things that you're looking for. So absolutely, I think you have to plan that way. At the end of the day, I feel that I'm a teacher rather than just a coach, you know? So teachers, I think the best ones that I've ever been around or the ones that I've experienced or who have taught me through my many years of education are the ones who are organized, they're planned, they're able to strategically, you know, implement whatever the daily lesson might be. And then they're able to go out there and execute it. And that's no different than the coach. And that's no different than the approach that I take as the head football coach, you know, here at Bosco. You mentioned uh, your director of football operations. I want to say thanks to Jesse uh, Christensen, who, who does uh, unbelievable work for you guys and the, and the Braves. So thank her for me, will you coach? Oh, without question. I mean, you know, again, it's about human capital and you got to try to go out there and invest in people. This is something that we did about, you know, 10, 11 years ago as we, developed this position on campus as a director of football operations. It's alleviated a lot of the stress and the pressures off of me that go into a program that's this large and allowed me to kind of focus my attention on the coaches, focus my attention on the student athletes. And then she could take all the kind of peripheral things that need to be accomplished. You know, we're a national brand. We travel all over the country. So there's a lot of things that have to be done from a logistical standpoint. Um, social media has exploded over the last 10 years. So we've really kind of taken a deep dive into that. How do we build our brand and, and let people know about the culture that we're trying to create through that? Um, and without a position and without somebody who's capable like her, we would never be able to accomplish it. Well, I mean, it's, it's a team effort here at, at St. John Bosco. Yeah, I, I've seen it a lot there. That, that's been fun going over to watch you guys. It, does this, your uh, culture, philosophy, does it ever become routine at any point? Once you have your program bought in, does it become a habit, I guess, is the best way to put it, so that everybody's pulling on the rope in the same direction? I certainly hope so. I mean, the ultimate thing is, is we want to 
create uh, positive habits within our kids and we want to create a routine. The one thing that you have to be cautious though, when you use the term habit or you use the term, um, you know, uh, routine is you don't want to become complacent. I think that's the thing that is the cautious kind of the gray area when, you, when you're working with, with those types of terms and those types of phrases, you know, you definitely don't want to, um, you definitely don't want to be in a situation where, um, you know, routine becomes complacency because then all of a sudden somebody's going to catch up to you. Somebody's going to do something that's going to overtake um, the success at which you have. And, and that's something that I, I'm constantly working on. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is safe. It's a place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For example, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who experience major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game Presents today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game Presents. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You never want to be on automatic pilot, right? Oh, without, without question. I mean... You know, we're not a uh, copy and paste type program. We're not a just change the date, you know, at the top of the page and roll to the next one. That's not what we're, you know, trying to do. But then you also have to sit there and say, well, if it's not broke, why fix it? So there's a lot that really goes into this. And I think that's one of the reasons why I really lean heavily on my my staff here, my coaches, my, my operations department, the training staff. How do we kind of infuse this new life into the program without disrupting 
what we've already created that's been really amazing. So um, it's kind of a fun process. It's a challenge to me. Like, how can you put these little tweaks within your program that's going to allow you to continue to climb and not plateau? But yet it's also not going to become so boring or monotonous or routine um, that 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 it kind of retards your ability to be successful. Bill, just talk about the, the game preparation. Each game has its own set of issues, like when it's a rivalry game or a projected cakewalk. I know you never want to hear that. Right. Does each game take on its own individual uh, process and and lessons that you're trying to teach each kid about how they should respond to each game? Yeah, we look at every single game as um, an isolated event. I mean, we're not one of these programs. I mean, obviously, everybody knows that modern day is in the future. I mean, that, you know, they, that's one thing that we can't hide from or, you know, we can't get away from or everyone knows October 13th, October 13th, it's there. We know that. However, you know, we do a really good job in this program of taking each individual event and categorizing that into a small window of a seven day period that's going to allow us to start on Saturday, end on Friday, and everything in between is kind of geared toward that particular assessment or that culminating event that is on Friday. Now, if you stack all those together, hopefully it's gonna put us in position on October 13th to be successful enough to win one of the most challenging games that's you know presented to us on our schedule. But at the end of the day, we look at each and every one of these opportunities um, without thinking into the future. We want to really isolate this particular game this week. St. Thomas Aquinas is in the past. That was great. We enjoyed it. We experienced it. However, Friendship Academy um, starting Sunday morning for us since we played on Saturday immediately was our focus. It was immediately a point of our attention. And that is what we have really kind of put our mindset toward over the last couple of days. And we're going to continue to do so all the way till kickoff at seven o'clock on Friday. John Wooden seems to be a, someone that's played a role for you in, in a lot of your background or philosophy. Talk about John Wooden a little bit and what that what he did and maybe his uh, pyramid, how that affects you. Well, I mean, I think that the biggest thing is, is, you know, with the pyramid specifically, it's, it's provided structure at the bottom, you know, and then it kind of culminates to a peak. And I talk to my kids about it all the time. You know, this is an ongoing process within our program. And I think that if you can identify the things within your program that you have to constantly work on to be great or to be elite, um, then that's what you have to kind of work on. And if you were to flip that pyramid over and you put winning at, at the forefront, if that was the most important thing, um, then it's going to topple over and you're not going to be very successful. Or you may be successful, but your program's going to be a roller coaster. You're going to have your really high peaks and your really low va valleys. And that's not what I want to do. I want to build a foundation and I want to be able to continue to work toward that mountaintop. And I think that's just a philosophy that I've been able to absorb from some of the teachings, whether it be John Wooden or any other elite football coach, basketball coach, or any elite leader in our country um, is kind of how I you know, built my philosophy and built my coaching style around is those ones that are trying to uh, peak at the right time, trying to not be a one hit wonder and to have a consistent approach to doing something excellent for a long period of time. 
Are there any other people off the top of your head or events you use in your programs development or, or philosophy? Well, you know, I think that's kind of ongoing, to be honest with you. I look at some of the great coaches out there in the country. I try to draw upon them. And because I'm here at Bosco, I have the unique opportunity to go out and meet some of these really elite coaches and spend some time. I mean, why is that? Because we have a lot of talented players and they're going to give us access. So I've had opportunity to sit down with somebody like, like a Nick Saban, you know, one-on-one -on -one and talk to him about philosophy or what he's trying to accomplish within his program. And I'm trying to obtain as much information as him. I uh, spent a lot of time with Kirby Smart in the University of Georgia program. Dabo Sweeney is another one at Clemson. You know, when Dabo Sweeney back in the spring of 2019, um, I had an opportunity to spend some time out there and go uh, watch their spring practice as they were coming back from spring break. And, and Coach Sweeney, you know, uh, gave me the opportunity to come in and spend some time in his staff meeting where he met with his entire football organization and, you know, introduced me to everybody and allowed me to come in and take notes and just to watch his leadership style and what was important to him and some of the things that I was able to uncover behind the scenes about how, you know, he approaches practice, how he approaches his kids' academics, how he approaches the relationships that he has, not only with his players, his families, his coaches, his staff, was absolutely, you know, a once in a lifetime chance for me as a high school coach to learn from somebody. I spent a lot of time reading about Bill Belichick, uh, spend a lot of time reading about Bobby Knight. You know, I, I, although he was kind of on the crazier side of things, I still think his philosophy and his approach to trying to make his kids perform at an optimal level was pretty unique and special. So that's kind of where I've done. And I'm somebody that's evolving too. I, I don't believe that you could just have a set in stone philosophy or vision to something things have changed the environment around us has changed we have to change and adapt as well and i think i've been able to be pretty good at that and i think that might be one of the reasons why we're continuing to have success year in and year out is because our ability to not be so rigid but to be flexible to change with the times that are happening around us Coach, let's talk about leadership. How do you identify leaders and or leadership? Well, I think, you know, the most important thing is the by example leader is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for, um, you know, kind of a leader that's transformational, not, not somebody that's going to be, you know, transactional where he's kind of like one of these type guys. I want to see somebody who's going to lead um, by their actions and what they do on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, it's not a popularity contest here in our program. You know, I don't really um, have big di distinguishing gaps between people's roles. Like you're a coordinator, so therefore you get X, Y, and Z. You're a position coach, so you only get Y and Z. And then you're, a, you know, kind of a helper or volunteer. You only get the Z portion of this. You know, I try to have a consistent approach. I let my leaders emerge. You know, I'm not a coach that provide, that assigns captains. We don't have captains in our program. Um, I don't have um, leadership groups or anything like that. It's just basically we're all in this together. We're one united, you know, entity. Um, I do have weekly meetings with my seniors, you know, with an assistant coach that meets with them privately. They talk about some of the things that are going on or some of the things that might be necessary for that week. And then they report back to me because I do want to have a pulse of what's happening within my program. Cause as the head coach, I'm all over the place. You know, I'm not sitting in meetings. I'm not sitting in, you know, some of the weight room sessions. I don't get to be around all of my kids as much as I want to. 
but the seniors have that responsibility to be able to address their concerns with the coach comes back to me. And I think organically, that's how leadership grows. Um, and I empower my people to be leaders within their own areas. And it's their responsibility um, to adhere to the expectations that I have, which are high, uh, and they better not fall short of them or they run the risk of being replaced. So it motivates people to work hard. It motivates people to be productive. Um, and they have to be in alignment with what I'm looking for as a head coach. When you find that leadership, is there, how do you use it? How, how do you use it for the rest of your program? That's a great question. I think you have to allow them um, the, the, the ability to go out there and to display their leadership to others. Uh, that's a big one. You know, if you have this great leader and you've identified that they have the ability to do so, well, then you have to provide them a little bit of rope to go out there and to um, kind of put that leadership upon the players. And I think it's also important for the kids, the parents, the coaches, the staff members to see that we do have able-bodied intelligent people that are leaders within their own rights, that it doesn't always have to come from the top. You know, that's the thing also is I don't want to become um, a stale, stagnant type, repetitive guy. Some of these kids, I've got three kids in my program that are four-year starters. So they've heard the same speech, the same, you know, monotony of, of information coming from me over and over again. Well, if I can have, identify a leader that might have the ability to go and to give my kids a little bit something different than what I'm going to be able to give them. I certainly give them that chance to go out there and do it. And I think that keeps the freshness in the program that you're looking for in the stagnant, you know, culture that could, could potentially arise from that is eliminated. So I think you got to draw upon their, their talents and you got to let them uh, be able to display them you know, in different, you know, times or different events within your program. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. 
On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's just talk uh, about recruiting. I got a couple of, uh, I think a two-part question. Generically, how do you handle the recruiting process? And do you need a plan for each level and each player? If that makes sense. 100%. Yeah, and and this is something that you really would understand within our program, um, is we have varying levels of talent within our program. And what I like to choose to use you know, in terms of the recruiting philosophy is I believe our kids fall into specific bands, if that makes sense. So there's a power five elite guy that I don't have to do a whole lot. You know, the Uwangalele brothers, DJ and Mateo, I didn't do a lot for their recruitment that, you know, they're both kind of freaks at their positions. Um, Their recruiting kind of took off by themselves. I mean, I just kind of had to put them in a, in a situation where they could display their talents and let them go. Then there's the next band of athlete that's kind of a group of five or a power five guy potential. And we have to really kind of push their recruiting, help them become more identifiable, um, improve their games, have conversations with coaches. We've built a lot of recruiting equity in our program where college coaches now call us and they're going to listen to us when we say this kid is capable of playing at your university. They're going to listen to us. And it's taken years for us to get there. That didn't start you know, 21 years ago when I started in this game, I had no equity in the recruiting game. Now I have a lot of equity because our kids have gone to these universities, been successful, and they've gone out there and um, been able to be, you know, positive impact players for those programs. But where I think here at St. John Bosco, we do our best work is that lowest band that we have, the the the, the high academic kids, the lower division one, one double A, uh, NAIA, Division Two, three athletes, placing those guys that may not even start for St. John Bosco and putting them in a university where they can use their academic abilities, their athletic abilities to go play and get scholarship, you know, at, at some of these schools, that's, that's where we kind of make a living. I have coaches that are responsible for that. I have an elite level coach that works with my elite level guys and their recruitment. And I also have you know, a coach, his name is John Hall. You know him very well, who kind of yeah. works with that lower tier type player. And again, the only reason why I speak to lower tier, because they might be undersized. They might be under, you know, they don't have as much speed or they don't have as much strength. They're still very, very good high school football players. They have a destination that they could go to in college. It's our responsibility as a coaching staff to find where that might be. This year's team coach is I think rated number one nationally. What do you like about this group of kids? I think I like their workman type attitude that they bring every day, Um, that they haven't 
rested on the laurels and they haven't really rested on the success which we had last year. You know, last year we're coming off a national championship program, um, you know, in 2022. And these kids had every excuse to kind of ride that success into the 23 season, potentially go into a cruise mode where I'm going to have to constantly try and find ways to motivate them, to keep them humble, to keep them, you know, hungry to come into this season. I haven't had to do that. I think that goes um, and all the credit should go to the coaching staff as well as to the players and the leaders within that program um, that has allowed us to stay grounded in what our overall, you know, goals are. And that's to continue to try to become the best football team that we can week in and week out, not necessarily worry about the rankings. That's going to sort itself out as the season kind of goes through. Um, and at the end of the day, it's what you're going to be judged against about what you were able to accomplish in December, not what we're accomplishing here in August. So I think it's kind of organically happened. Um, I'm most pleased with, with, you know, the players and the coaches and their approach um, that they continue to strive for excellence and to realize that we can accomplish something that no team has ever has here at Bosco. And that's become back-to-back CIF state and potential national champions. Yeah. That, the uh, you've done, I know, and I know John Hall and you guys have done such a great job. Uh, like you said, are there some NFL prospects in this group? Uh, any, any grad year uh, who we should look for? Yeah, possibly. I mean, you know, we've had quite a run over the last 10 years of NFL players. You know, we've had two kids drafted in the first round. Josh Rosen is a quarterback. Uh, Trent McDuffie is a starting nickel for the Kansas City Chiefs. Just won a um, Super Bowl, you know, championship with the Chiefs last year out of the University of Washington. Uh, we've had players like Chris Steele, uh, Wyatt Davis, Jacob Tioti Mariner, Damian Mama, Nico Fala. All those guys have played, been a part of NFL rosters. Jaden Woodby is with the LA Rams, just made their practice squad, and so did Terrell Bynum with the um, LA Chargers. So we've had a lot of kids that have kind of gone on to play at the NFL level, which is obviously incredibly challenging and difficult to do. It's such a small, small group of individuals that are able to do that. And this team currently has three or four guys that I think if they continue to progress in the way that we feel that it is possible to do and they stay healthy and they have some luck along the way that they're going to be able to do that as well. But you just never know right now. We're going to focus on the here and now we're not going to try to put the cart in front of the horse and think about college life or think about the NFL right now. We have to be the best versions that we are. And that's a high school football player in week three of the season, trying to go win a football game on Friday night. And I know it sounds cliche, but if you have that approach, and my kids know this very well about me, that's what we're going to focus on. That's going to be the point of attention uh, for this week. And we're going to worry about Friendship Academy and see what happens. And then on Saturday, we're going to worry about St. Francis. It sounds good, Coach. You know, uh, there's something that even high school coaches now have to deal with, and that's the NIL. How, how do you handle that? Well, to this point, I kind of leave it in the hands of the parents and the athletes. This is not an area. Um, that I'm even that overly educated in. I'm learning about it. I'm starting to get a better understanding of, of what it is. I don't even think the NCAA understands it because right now they're just paying these kids to come to these universities. It's all illegal as heck. Um, obviously, they're going to somehow organize this and get a grasp of it, but the NCAA doesn't even know anything. They say no pay for play, right? That That's happening. My kids, 
you know, if they can go out there and they can get, you know, revenue or generate revenue off their name, image, and likeness, and they could get directed to a university that's going to pay them to do that, then all the power goes to them until they can regulate it, sanction it, organize it, and have some ability to control it. Well, then I got to leave it into the parents. They're the primary educators. They're the ones that are responsible for the actions and the decisions that their sons are making. All I'm going to do is be a secondary educator and kind of assist along the way. I'm going to try to learn as much as I possibly can. I'm going to try to inform them, educate them, instruct them the best way that I can. But again, I got to be cautious because it's not my child. It's their responsibility to parent them to the best that they can. Um, and then I'm just here as to be a support system. And we're in the infancy, Randy. It's at the very, very beginning of this whole thing. You know, you asked me this question five years down the road, I'm having a completely different answer. But right now, I think that's the approach that I'm taking. I think it's the intelligent way to go about it, um, to inform myself as much as I possibly can, learn as much as I possibly can. Um, but at the end of the day, I have to defer this to the parent and allow them uh, to be able to make the best decisions for their child and his future. Why should a top young player come to St. John Bosco? You, let's hear, you know, this is your recruiting or not, you don't recruit, but I know. <laughs> right. No, I mean, I'll be honest with you. We recruit every athlete or every student yes. that comes to our school. I mean, I think right. that's one of the things that's a misconception about our schools. They think we actively go out there and have recruiting trips and all this kind of nonsense, but that is not true. The term recruiting is actually a real realistic term that we use here at our school. We have to recruit students. We need you know, enrollment, or we don't have a school. We don't have feeder schools. We don't get money from the state. We don't have kids that are deemed, this is the school that you're going to. We have to do a really good job within our program to provide something that is going to attract kids and parents to want to send their kids here. So with that being said, I'm going to work hard on trying to provide a place that is a destination for a kid to reach his potential within this four-year window of time in order to be able to get what he's looking for, and that's free education at the collegiate level. It's simple. Bosco is a place of development, academically, spiritually, and culturally, as well as athletically, to try to get kids to be able to reach their maximum potential or their genetic ceiling, as we like to use, in, in, in terms of their um, matriculation into the college uh, phase of their lives. So it's a big responsibility, you know, for myself, my staff, um, obviously parents in many a times are investing in their child's education now. So that way they don't have to invest in it later. It's going to be given to them. Um, and that's a hard, you know, kind of, um, you know, situation to have to deal in or world to live in. However, what we've been able to do in terms of the development of our athletes, both off the field in the classroom, in terms of meetings and film work and teaching them the game, the football, the off season and the strength and conditioning that which we do in the weight room and on the field in terms of body development and the changing of the composition of their bodies, as well as the football work and the techniques and the knowledge that we're providing them on the field. Those three things are trying, their parents are using in order to get their kids uh, to the next level. And we create no greater platform in the country than St. John Bosco in terms of if you want to be a collegiate scholarship athlete that's prepared when you arrive day one on campus, this would be a great destination for you. How did they reach your program? 
Uh, well, you know what? Honestly, it's, it's kind of not too hard to find. I mean, you know, we're kind of on every social media channel out there. You know, we have a phenomenal campus here in Bellflower. We attract kids from all over the greater Los Angeles area. Um, you know, the, the evolution of social media has really helped us. You know, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, we're on all those channels. We have a great website. Um, we're an open, you know, campus in terms of if somebody wants to come here and shadow they want to spend a time, you know, here, go through a tour, meet with our admissions department, uh, call the school, turn on ESPN. We've, you know, we played on Saturday on ESPN and we've had a lot of outreach uh, from people, kids through our emails, uh, through our social media, you know, direct message uh, component of that. How do I become a St. John Bosco student? I want to play for you. Direct them right to the admissions office, let them go to their work. And then if the kid, I'm as serious about that approach or the family is serious about that. You go through the proper channels um, in terms of the undue influence and the pre-enrollment contact that we all know about here at Bosco. Um, then they have an opportunity to come and do that. So it's kind of a finicky thing. It's something that we take a lot of pride in. We're not going to make excuses for being successful or having kids that want to be a part of this program. Uh, and we're going to embrace it and we're going to relish in it. And we're going to continue to go out there and try to give um, these kids the best chance that they have to be a part of an elite program that competes at a national level. I would suggest all viewers go to coachtube.com and learn more from Coach Negro. I, I thought this, this is a great site for uh, coaches and, and athletes and parents to go to to learn about you and, and a lot of other coaches. Uh, so thanks, Coach Negro. I, I really appreciate you being on with us today. Finish strong, brother. Thanks, man. Again, I thank you for the platform that you're given and what LeVar Arrington is doing in terms of highlighting high school athletics. Um, and Coach Tube is something that's, you know, pretty amazing. And I think people need to take advantage of a resource that's out there that can really help them within their decisions um, as to, you know, where do you want to attend a school or what, you know, is in your best interest as a student athlete. Anytime you have educational resources that are out there, that can allow you to learn or become a better person in, in whatever you're doing um, is always beneficial and I'm going to support it. So thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak to you, speak to whoever might be listening. And um, anytime you need me, I would be more than happy to come on here, talk a little bit about football or a little bit about our program or what we're trying to do for the high school student athlete. I appreciate you, coach. Thanks a lot, Randy. You take care and uh, go Braves. Go Braves. Thanks for joining us again for Taylor Scouting on the Up On Game Network. You can find my podcasts on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts, or watch us on YouTube at Up On Game Presents Taylor Scouting. Rate and review us. Follow me uh, on X at RTaylorFBScout. And college prospects can get evaluated through my X page. Uh, just direct message me or follow me and, and uh, I'll, I'll check you guys out. We'll see you next week with another episode of Up On Game presents Taylor Scouting. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them 
can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.